Beard Talk with Yvette is a raw, uncut, and unfiltered conversation about the minority male experience. Hosted by retired U.S. Marine Corps veteran-turned-CEO Tyran Cosby. Whether you are a rookie in the game of life, a seasoned vet from the School of Hard Knocks, or somewhere in between, sit back and listen, laugh, or learn as Tyran sounds off about hot topics, culture, and manhood. Here's Tyran. Good people, this your boy Ty, and on this episode of Goddamn Beard Talk, man, they're gonna be beard talking with a few vets here. Got my brother down, Gary, aka Mr. Lights behind the beard himself. And uh, just real quick, I guess beard talk will be more just bearded gentlemen having nice bearded conversations. Sometimes we talk about shit, sometimes we don't talk about nothing, just as we do. So, uh, I could introduce you, my man, but uh, just tell the people who you are. Say your name. Let the people know who you are. Well, uh, my name is Gary. Local, country fella from Georgia, South Georgia. Real laid-back guy. Ain't really much to me. Uh, just hard-working, ambitious man. Came up like many, without and within. Not a whole lot, really. Very simple man myself. I. Yeah, so pretty much what you got here, man. You got myself, which is a 20-year veteran, United States Marine Corps, hoorah. And my brother over there, he did four years in the United States Marine Corps. So now we're out kind of grinding and doing our own thing, both entrepreneurs. And I uh, just wanted to share some stuff that we went through, our trials and tribulations, our good, our bad. I don't know, maybe it'll help some of y'all. Hey, who knows? Maybe it fucking won't. Now, I will say on this one, we men. We men over here, so... You know, we're going to drop a few curse words, time or two, and all of that, if those type of things are finger, then you should probably go ahead and hit stop now. But if it don't, yeah, man, you who we fuck with and we keep rapping. So I would say, uh, as to my brother, as uh, one of the first things, life outside of the core since you've been out, like, uh, how has it been? You know what I'm saying? Did you have to adapt back into things? Did you pick right up where you left off? So on and so forth. I mean, what's your opinion of it? Well... I say life outside of the core. Uh, one of the biggest things I found out about myself is that I can't work for anybody. I've tried working, doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that and trying to hold people that have never experienced the military to a military standard. It's just not going to work for me. I wanted to get a, a good logistics job when I got out and ended up getting the job. And um, it was one of them jobs where, you know, I manage, I think it's about 300 men and, uh, out of those 300 men, it was like four ladies. And uh, the little ladies, they used to like to, you know, come mess with the guys and stuff like that, wearing the little tight shit and all that, carrying them. And uh, I told one of the guys one time, I said, look here, man, um, y'all need to kind of leave them women's alone, man. They got you slowed up. And uh, I said, if I had it my way, I don't think women should work on this, this side with all these men's over here. So, of course, they heard me say that. They went to the head, man. They said I was sexist, and they talked about firing me. I told them I quit. I fucked this job. Y'all had this shit. And I got a couple other little jobs after that. I was a trash man and all that shit there, man. But, you know, mind you now, I'm an honorable, honorable discharge, 4-8, 4 pro and con Marines, you know. That's pretty much perfect. And uh, I wasn't perfect, but I knew how to play the game. And over the course of the last, I've been out now with 10 years, I can't work for people because people got too many excuses. People people lazy. People, men don't have no work ethic. Yeah, I just stay away. 
I found out I don't like large crowds. I don't like to be around a lot of people like at one time that I can't keep my eyes on. I like to be by myself, you know what I'm saying? Maybe one or two people tops, but for the most part, I enjoy being by myself. Um, I spend a lot of time without a TV, so I don't watch TV. I spend a lot of time without a whole lot of fucking electronics, so I don't really have nothing. Well, I saw this phone. Well, yeah, I got still, my phone, phone. That's how I make my money, you know? Shit, I run three businesses through that goddamn phone. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I would say for myself, the adjustment, because see, I did 20. My brother did 40. I did 20, so my adjustment was, it was about the same, but I would say a little bit harder to get back into civilian life, because for 20 years, you have a structured lifestyle. Then when you get out, you got the civilian side telling you that, shit, you're crazy. You got PTSD and all of this kind of stuff. So, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I would say, like, life after the military was, um, I ain't going to say was, but still is, kind of a challenge. I'm the same way. I, I can't. I cannot work like a nine to five. I can't be in the cubicle. I can't do none of that. Uh, it's almost like taking a lion and, and try to domesticate him. I just can't do it. So I would say for me, it, ha- it has been challenging uh, amongst other things. But hey, we're still rocking and rolling. I would say this, bro. I got a few things I want to ask you. So uh, do you think this today, not about how we came up, but right now today, you think college is like a necessity to have to be successful? No. Okay. Now, what I think about college is something you gotta go to college for. You wanna be a doctor? You gotta go to college. Uh, you wanna be, you know, my baby girl? She wanna deliver babies. She she gotta go to college. Um, things like that. But it depends on what people call success. Uh, a lot of people kind of look at success different. But when you've been high, been low, and been high, success don't mean the same. But to be successful in life, no, hell no, you ain't got to go to college. You just got to stick to the script. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's everybody making money off of something. It's somebody making millions off of one thing. You know what I mean? And they are what the world calls successful. Right. You know, some people equate having a lot of money with success until you find out that motherfucker just hung itself in the fucking in the bathroom. And you think, oh, he has everything, this and this and this. I don't resonate success with money. Um, I don't want to ramble off of, of the, the, the question, but I don't know. You don't have to go to college to be successful. Hell no. And I think uh, today's world is definitely different because, you know, when we came up, that was just it. It was just, hey, man, you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, you work, you die. But these days, kids can just sit at home and say, man, I want to be a YouTuber. To us old heads, that sounds stupid. But to him, that's actually a way of life. And this cat says, literally making lots of money as a YouTuber. They ain't really talking about nothing, but, you know, and no matter what, I think no matter what you want to do, though, it's like someone or some company or something on YouTube that's putting out that information. So do I think school is a necessity? I don't think so myself, my brother. I don't think so myself. No, it's not. And you know, the thing about, let me rap with you about, about the school shit. Everybody talk about go to college, go to college, go to college. Like, if you ain't going to college for something that requires you to go to college, you don't need to fucking go to college. Because a lot of people going to college because of the namesake. Like, I went to college and got a degree, but you work with fucking Burger King, so what the fuck matter? So you go to college for four years to get in four years worth of fucking debt to get a job that won't even help you get out of debt. So that shit don't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? So you go to college to get in debt to get a job that won't help you even get out of debt. 
be making less than what your college bills are. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit is it, foreign to me. But people, I'm going to college to get a business degree. Business in what? Like, what business is you running? Because everything you want to know about business, everything you want to know about finance, all that type of stuff like that is at the ready. You don't have to pay nobody to do that, to learn that shit. All you got to do is be willing to teach yourself and get in the room with the people that's doing what the fuck you really want to do. That's the key. That's the hustle. But see, now I think with colleges, though, colleges, they're not going to really tell you that because they, they make money. They make money off of, you know, essentially a promise in the future. And I guess my thing is, you know, you go to colleges. I've been to certain schools, several schools, as a matter of fact, and they'll teach you something. And then when you question them or challenge them on it, they'll say stuff like, well, this is the way we teach it. Once you get out in the world, you're going to do it different. I think my thing with that is like, damn, bitch, I'm paying you 40k a year. And you, <laughs> I need to learn how the fuck we're going to do it in the field. But see, that, that's the thing, though. Like, college, most of your professors don't practice what they teach. You know what I'm saying? Most of your financial professors in debt. Right. They don't even practice what the fuck they teach. And that's the thing. If you ever got to get somebody to do a job or you need somebody on your team, they need to be living the life that they teaching. Right. And that's real rap. Everybody get caught up on this college, going to college. Listen, I went to college for a very short while. And it ain't all what it's cracked out. Yeah, you can have fun. You can meet the ladies. You can do all that type of time, man. But it's a bunch of bullshit. And I'm going to tell you what made me leave college. I was in Georgia Southern for a very short while. And um, I wanted to be a physical therapist. Like I wanted to work with professional athletes and shit. I always been in the fitness. So I'm in there doing my thing, doing my thing. I'm like, shit, when the program start? So they was like, well, you got to get your core classes and all. I'm like, core classes? It's like, yeah, you got to take, you know, this type of math and this type of, you know, history and all this type of stuff like that. Then you got to get accepted. I'm like, accepted? I'm like, you know what, Uncle Sam, what's happening, player? You know what I'm saying? What's happening with you? I never got into it, but I bet you what, I can tell you just about as much about fitness as the next motherfucker right now. Because I studied and I learned. You know well, I mean? think what a lot of shit, though, is, is, is trials and tribulations. You know what I mean? Like, you can literally go to school for four to five years on something, but maybe you got a mentor that's doing the same thing. He can teach you a lot of that shit within a year total hands-on so, I don't know I, I've never really been a college person although I do push education depending on what it is and you kind of get it on the head like I tell my kids you know my son want to be a teacher so yeah you got to go to school for that I mean I guess you could do it as a substitute and, and not have to but. but see but see that's the thing that's the thing see see that's the thing see see now you got to get a little deeper see with nephew wanting to go be a teacher that's a passion that's something he really want to do. And he ain't really worried about making all these kinds of money doing it. Right. It's, it's something he passionate about. That's why he going to do it like, like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because ain't not, to be a teacher now, you got to have some passion for this shit. Now, you just, because these little motherfuckers are terrible. White, black, Jew, Gentile, they terrible. Damn that. But see, the thing about that is, the thing about that is right this, like this. When you start talking about college, you start talking about goals and what you're doing. Then you got to look back at the parenting. You got to look back at, at, at what the parents doing. Now, if your child's going to college, your parents need to have already been done set that child up 
where that child ain't going to get in four to ten years or better worth of debt. That's where the parents goddamn supposed to hold their position. Like I said, everybody believe in when you turn 18 books of boots. That ain't how it go because you can't turn a child loose to a world he don't know nothing about. And then you just send him out there to get fucked up in life just like you fucked up. I mean, imagine knowing what you learned in your late 30s and 40s if you knew that in your 20s. Where the hell you would be at right now. But a lot of times, parents be like, get the hell out of my house, go to college and go in the military. But they ain't ready. You, You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying hold them foot to foot, but you got to stay on them until they're really ready to leave the nest. Because the hyenas is at the bottom of the tree waiting on your motherfucking child to fall so they can eat his or her ass up. They waiting. Because it's a lot of parents that just throw their child to the wolves, ain't got them structured in no credit. Child ain't got no credit score, don't know nothing about credit, don't know how to manage $2, don't know how to do nothing. Then they go to college, don't know how to write a checkbook. Bitch can't fill out a money order. But to go to college, get in debt, be lost, trying to figure his way out. And if he ain't got no real guidance or structure, then he or she going to get to college and it's going to impress him. All the free ass and pussy, that's going to impress him. And, you know, all the, the young boys and date the seniors and they got the cars and they athletic and all this. All that's going to impress the little girl because she ain't got no guidance. She don't know where she going. I give you that because I would say I know uh, me and my wife had this talk because I was one of them parents where I was like, hey man, 18 and 30. You turn 18, you got 30 days, get the hell up out the house. And my mindset to that was because I just wanted my kids to get out, start making mistakes, start doing a lot of shit while I'm alive that we can fix. And I can mentor and say, hey dummy, this is why this went wrong. You know, but you know, I had to talk with my wife one day and she was just like, you know, there's other nationalities, other races that don't push their kids out right after high school, you know what I'm saying? And their kids are not in debt. This is why a lot of their kids are ahead of black kids and stuff. So I had to force out, you know, I was bullheaded when she said it, but then I sat down and I I thought about it and I was like, you know what, she's exactly right. So I haven't been pushing it, even though, you know, my oldest who's in school in Savannah to be a teacher, she could try to get him home now to damn near live at home and damn near already got him a job working as a teacher. Shit, he like, man, I ain't trying to come home. So I knew it was just going to be that little taste of freedom that once they taste it, they're going to, you know, basically want to do shit on their own. Like my youngest, now he want to go in the military, which I ain't going to knock, but I always told him, I did 20 years, so you wouldn't even have to do one. But if that's still where your heart at, you want to do it, then you do that. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I think to each his own. But that college thing, it is, man. It's, it's a mob. It's the mafia. That's, that's all they do. So, and, it, and it's crazy to say that because if that brings me up to my next question, because I know you'll probably be passionate about it. As like kids today, when you look at how we was brought up, and then there's an age gap between me and you, but still, you know, you still kind of had the same upbringing as me. There's an age gap between us, but um, what would you say is probably one of the biggest things why kids are so fucked up today? Well, my biggest reason I can say that is because uh, the best way I can word this is to say that. Negative influence is higher than positive influence nowadays. And what I mean by that is simply saying kids see more negative than they see positive. Coming up, I had like deacons, men in the church, you know, my uncles, they was hustlers and players, but they was men. They worked with their hands, they owned businesses, they were brick masons and yeah, they owned the companies and all that stuff like that. But they went out and worked. They took care of their wives, family, children. 
they build houses and they did stuff like that. So I never got a chance to see, you know, fucking women twerking and hating and and all that stuff. And if I messed up, I got slapped in the back of the head or Saturday morning and wasn't getting on Facebook and wasn't going trying to chase down on Jordan, just get a lawnmower, get a weed, you know, get get some tools in your hand and get your ass outside and let's go to work. You got work to do. It was a different structure. It wasn't social media. And social media does not promote good things. It don't. Like coming up, we had shows and, and shit like that that promoted positive, strong, winning fucking black people. Nowadays, it ain't even no real black folk on TV hardly. And if it is, it's not popular. So in turn, the kids don't see a lot of positive influence. You got men dressing like women. They promoting homosexuality amongst the black man. And I don't give a fuck what nobody say. That shit is amongst the black man. It ain't amongst the white. It ain't amongst the Indians. It ain't amongst the Asians. It ain't amongst none of that other shit. Not been in other countries and other seas. And that shit is heavy in the African-American male. So I tell them, you better make them gay or you better kill them. Because once they all wake up, your ass is grass. But that's the thing about with the kids. They got these phones. They got all this shit they see on TV. You know what I'm saying? And they don't have that tight structure. You know, then the older people nowadays. So we had grandmamas that would bust your goddamn head. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about a bust your head. And they ain't even got to say nothing to bust your head. Just turn and look at you wrong. Just turn and look at you. And you damn near about to cry. You know what I'm saying? You damn near about to cry. But now, old folk getting Alzheimer's. So they can't even pass down the lessons to the young generation. They can't hold their daughter and grandchildren accountable. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling y'all, it's a big epidemic, but we ain't going to get into that. But that's what's going on. It's the promotion of negativity. When you see so much negative, how the fuck you supposed to be positive, man? How the fuck you supposed to be positive when everything around you is degrading? They always reminding us about slavery. They always putting my motherfucking movie stars making slave movies and shit. Like, you don't forget it, but like, hold on now, fam. Like, goddamn, we know. We know. And then black people get off on, oh, they did good with that. They playing the slave. Like, fam, stop. Stop replaying that shit. You know what I'm saying? Because it don't help. Reminding me about my ancestors getting their fucking ass hung and lynched and shit. It don't help me as a man. It don't help my kids. I got two boys. One five, one nine. Both of them know what murder looked like. And you know how they learned that? From TV and social media. Now, neither one of them have cell phones. Neither one of them have social media pages. But every time a black man kill, what do they do? They flash it over the TV over and over and over. Anything go negative, that's all the kids seeing. But everybody want these kids to be outstanding. Shit ain't fucking possible. You know what I'm saying? I feel that, man. That's real, bro. I feel it. Because I, I have a lot of the same thoughts, too. I mean, mine is more strongly because I think there's definitely a di- generation difference. And I mean that because... I don't know. To me, it seems like a lot of the kids that's fucked up nowadays, you know, their parents were the timeout generation. You know, everything was everybody's a winner. And 
you know, uh, I'm gonna negotiate with you. No, Tommy, don't do that. Let's talk about why. Like, no, man, I ain't never did no shit like that. I think that the, what am I trying to say? Like, grandma, no, what is it? Big mama and big daddy. They don't exist no more. They're like a dying breed because, just like you said, no, you could do shit, man. My grandparents, now I know on my dad's side, my grand, shit, boy, she grab you by your ear and skin your ass up. You know, and my grandma on my mom's side, who recently just passed, and she was the same. Like, she, sometimes she didn't even have to skin you up. She just look at you, tell you how disappointed she is in you. She might grab you and pinch your ear or pinch you. Or just, it's something, but there was a level of respect there. Like, bro, like, the level of respect for, like, grandparents to, I don't know, I would say my generation and maybe even before, to kids today, that shit is total night and day. It's total night and day because I feel like a lot of them, they don't really respect the grandparents. And then the parents, they damn sure don't respect because hell, a lot of them look at the parents as homeboy and homegirl. You know what I'm saying? You fucking calling your mom and your dad by their first name. Like, what up, Charles? Like, like my nigga, I don't know. I, I know about this shit. I'm 45, but I still call my mom, mom. And if it's 30 other mothers in there and I'm like, mom, they all turn around and I just keep calling them mom till she get it. Like, I don't really call her by her first name. I don't know, and that's just the thing, but I've seen generations where that's cool. So I think with me, the missing of big mama and big daddy into those families, because even with a lot of families, families be fucked up. Fuck, sisters ain't talking to sisters, brothers ain't talking to brothers, they fighting, but grandma get on deck, she know they shut all that shit down. Get y'all ass to the house. What's that? Still? Yeah, I think that's that, man. Uh, See, I had a whole bunch of questions, my nigga, I got to ask you, so I just want to get your take on it. But, uh, let me see. Ah, this is a good one. This is a good one. Hmm. So right now, you're an entrepreneur yourself, my man. Granted, we are, I guess you could say, essentially business partners, but instead of asking, you know, me going on my definition, I would say, ask you, do you think working with friends is a good mixture? friends and business and why well i think all friends know hell fuck them. some people would disagree because a lot of people don't know what a friend is but why would you want to be in business with somebody you're not friends with because if you're not friends you associates and i don't fucking trust my associates and outside of that if you ain't associate then i don't fuck with you so why because I think friendship is the ultimate creator. Some people are like, nah, you can't mix business and friendship because you got a fake friend. Like he or she is only circumstantial. They want them motherfuckers that with you when you're winning and leave you when you're losing. You know what I'm saying? That type of time. Or but you got you gotta see, and if you ever decide to be in business with a friend, you gotta make sure that y'all mentally equal. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got to both be playing for the same side of the jersey. You can't be playing for Cosby and I'm playing for Carol. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to be playing for life behind the beard. And life behind the beard wins. Not Tyran, not Gary. That don't how that work. But see, in friendship, a lot of people, they looking for a lick. But you have to. Like, you might have fucking damn Pippin and Jordan on the same team. The boy's friends. They friends and both of them 
bring equal strength to the common goal. You know, but see a lot of people, they don't do the friend and business thing because they ain't real friends. A motherfucker in a situation to break their ass up or money to break their ass up. You know what I'm saying? And, and, or some pussy. You know what I'm saying? A woman come in the middle of that shit and men kind of soft nowadays, so they do a lot of pillow talking. And you know, a woman to tell a man, I don't think you should do that. And he just run on. Ain't even talk with a partner. He just run on. But that's the thing. See, if y'all real friends, I'm talking about like, like real friends. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like back in the day, real friends, not these new things y'all got out now. Then that'll work. That'll work because the thing about it is it'll be fun. The journey will be fun because you're doing it with your partner. You know what I'm saying? And when y'all arrive and y'all sitting on y'all yachts somewhere out in the middle of Greece, chilling, having a nice glass of something, then you be like, man, shit, I remember we was in the neighborhood riding bicycle up. I remember we was standing in the hallway talking about something foreign. And that's what it is. But for those that want to know about doing business with your friend, man, you need to be friends with your business partner. That way you can put all your trust in them. Why would you not? I don't know. People say don't cross business and friendship like you got a fake friend. I'm not worried about, about bro taking no money from me. I'm not worried about bro slick dissing me. I'm not worried about bro hating on me. I'm not worried about bro trying to put some ass before me. I'm not worried about none of that. None of that matters. And money doesn't impress neither one of us. The plentifulness of life is what we get off on. The money just come with it. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like working out. You know what I mean? If you keep working out, the body just happen to come. Shit, that's just what it do. But I believe in it, but I also believe in real friendship. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of partners, but ain't many of them I'm going to business with because a lot of people looking for a quick come up. And I got three businesses and ain't none of them been no quick fucking come up. You know what I'm saying? And I tell you, man, like my mom's, man, funny thing about business. It was three years of business before I could save one dollar, like really save it and not touch it ever. I talked to my mom's, you know what I'm saying? And y'all don't know my mom's, but mom's is the truth. Like mom's the most amazing person on my earth, like male or female. My mom is the most amazing being in existence in my entire life. And I was rapping with her about the same type of time. She was like, it took me four years before she could save a dollar. She worth millions now, but it's just how things go. But anyway, business and friendship, I think it's a good thing. You just gotta have a real friend. That's kind of the shit I be hitting on because I'm normally told that sometimes. Now, granted, we've been doing this for a minute. I mean, shit, we've been hanging for years, but you know, people always say, well, yeah, just be careful. You know, you don't want to mix business with friendship. And I'm just like, the same shit. You know, if you got a friend that, most importantly, a lot of dudes, they start calling dudes they just met for about a week, brother. Oh, that's my brother. But like, man, that, I don't know, for me, that's a major turn. Because if I call you brother, then I mean we done been through some shit and you got my trust. Not just because we went out and we slammed 13 fucking drinks down together. So, you know, most people got to talking to me about doing some stuff with Life Behind the Beer with you. They would always say, well, just be careful. Tell them, I ain't worried about that because I know that motherfucker got my back through thick and thin. And as you say, motherfucker, we didn't held each other kids, babysit each other kids, so shit. Yeah, the last thing I'm going to worry about is what the fuck he going to do. Now, any of these other clowns, 
maybe because my thing is a lot of guys they can't control their fucking feelings and for me boy that thing feelings boy that's some shit right there because they're your feelings like nobody should be able to hurt your feelings but you but nevertheless man yeah you get some guys and i may want to go left he may want to go right and next thing you know we beefing about who who makes the final decision and i just think at the end of the day it's kind of like you say fucking it's all about the team you know it's all about who who gonna eat in the team so if it ain't best for the business then it's probably not a good choice it ain't about me it ain't about nobody else so yeah i, I feel that man i'm a hundred on that but you just can't call a motherfucking brother and y'all ain't been tested to the max i can tell you this cat that's sitting on the side of me shit my nigga shit boy we've been tested tested to the max and back so I'm cool with shit. that motherfucker say we can open 13 business. I'm cool. Now I got some other friends that I still die shit. I'll definitely take a bullet for. But when it comes to business and stuff, we don't see eye to eye. Because there's a lot of feelings involved. So you know me, I call you a dipshit in a heartbeat. I call you a dipshit, now you and your feelings about it. That just tells me that now when we come to a crossroads that's major on the business, we ain't gonna be able to get along with that because you're still in your feelings about me calling you a dipshit. So that's just that. But I say, is it anything else you want to rap on, my nigga, before we get up out of here? Hey, man, where the, the, the recorder's going, we'll chop this shit up, goddamn. Do 13 episodes if need be. And just and I'll say this before we get started, because we just coming back. Matter of fact, that's what we're going to talk about. But we're just getting back from uh, Jamaica. And, you know, with most podcasts, man, they, they sitting down and they're conversating and all of this. But me, man, I like to be raw because some of our best moments are... In the moment, when we're in the car, when we're walking and we're just talking. So, you know, if you can hear a little air blowing and all that, that's because we're on the ride back to the GA and that's just that. But with that, you're just coming from Jamaica. I don't know, man. Tell the people about the trip to Jamaica and why you went. Well, man, let me hold this thing. Well, I'll tell you like this here about, about why I go back and forth to Jamaica. Because... Of the cleansing that it, it provides for my body, my mind, and my spirit. And a lot of y'all probably been to Jamaica, but Jamaica, for a lot of y'all, it's like party. Y'all stay on the resorts and, you know, do that type of stuff. You know, the same shit you could do right here in, in the city on a good hot day. For me, I'm surrounded by so much. You know, I have kids, I have, you know, kids, you know, their mothers, you know, my businesses, my, my life. So a lot of times, shit get heavy, and I'm extremely ambitious. So shit get heavy. I have to get away. Like, I have to get in a land where I know nobody. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm at. And that's when I find the wisdom. That's when I find the strength. That's when I talk with God direct, and I feel like he's sitting next to me. You know, me and bro, we've been down for many years, but we never really go like we never really got a chance to go out the country together and or shit like that you know what i'm saying i used to tell him like about my traveling and stuff like that just to kind of be like hey man you really need to experience this man like and what it do for your mindset and how much power it'll put in you way when you get back you feel like you can take over the world so jamaica man is it's a place that just purifies me from the inside out uh, I wash all the negativity away. Like when I'm out in Jamaica, I don't mind walking in the rain. I don't care nothing about no rain. I don't care about no clothes, no shoes, no jewelry. I don't care nothing about that. 
because I got to get all this United States off of me. Because like I was saying earlier, it don't show you nothing, nothing positive in the U.S. that much no more. Uh, when you want to surround yourself with good, you got to search out and seek and do all these other type of things to, to, to confine yourself in a good atmosphere on, on a regular basis. So Jamaica is like the escape of everything. Because when you got a lot of ambition and you really working towards something and you know you working towards something, you got to do everything in your fucking power to control your atmosphere. Sometimes you ain't going to be talking with your mama, your daddy, your kids, your wife, your brothers, your sisters. Sometimes you're going to have to walk away and leave a lot of fucking people alone to get that clarity and to find the wisdom and seek the word of God himself to get a real understanding on your path. Because sometimes you can be going down the road and think you're going the right way and then you come to a dead end. That's a hard place to be at and I've been there. So I mean, bro, we went to Jamaica. It wasn't about no party. We didn't do no partying. We did minimum drinking, like very minimum, maybe a couple of beers. You know, I had one drink, but it was too strong for me. I can't drink like that no more. But bro caught the wisdom. Bro caught the wisdom and bro caught the vibe. And like y'all also know, that's my business partner and that's my friend. So when you can catch the vibe, that's when your brother catch the same vibe you've been talking about and y'all sharing it together and y'all on the same sheet of music playing at the same beat, y'all can come back and make shit happen. And that was the purpose of this trip to really cleanse, get away from all the negativity. You know, bruh been battling like a fuck. Bruh just lost his brother and grandma in, in the same week. You know what I'm saying? Like three days apart. I got my own shit going on, but I don't put all that out there like that. You know what I mean? But I got my own shit going on. So we really just needed to get away because it was affecting us as men in our house, in our business. And sometimes, man, when life beats you down, man, you really ain't got a lot of motivation to be trying to, to do anything. Because one thing about us, if you follow us on social media, you follow or whatever, whatever, we we don't fake it. Like, we just ain't out there jumping around and carrying If we having a bad day, man, we having a bad day. You know what I'm saying? If we having a good day, we having a good day. But sometimes the bad days just keep happening back to back to back to back to back. So you really don't want to come on social media looking fake, trying to, you know, encourage people and you feeling like shit. So we took that time to go to Jamaica to get all that shit up off us. Now we back and we finna take this motherfucker over. But while all this going on, I'm planning our next trip because we got to cleanse. You got to cleanse. If you don't cleanse, you, you ain't going to make it. You ain't going to put out nothing bullshit into the atmosphere because you ain't got a clip thought. And that's real rap. That's real rap. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I know on my part, man. Yeah, I definitely want to get away. Like you say, man, I just, it just has so much negativity in like one month. And it's like, and I often feel like I'm probably one of the strongest people in my family mentally, uh, not physically, but mentally, because I've been through so much. I endure so much. But I would tell you, October 2019, shit, shit, that bum made me his bitch. You know, like I say, man, the, well, to lose any family member is always one thing. But yeah, man, I lost my essentially damn near little brother and granny like in the same damn week. 
<laughs> Shit was just crazy, man. So it's just more of a, instead of sitting around, I found myself, you know, being mad. Obviously, doctors would call a lot of the shit I was going through depression. Man, it was it was just a lot. So I needed this. And honestly, man, to get on that plane, it was like the moment we got to the airport, we got on the damn plane. I don't know. It was a different feeling. But damn sure, once we touched down and you walking around just an island full of just fucking black people. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by black people, I ain't talking about no crazy niggerish shit, you know, being in the heart of Atlanta or nothing. It was just... Good vibing people, man. And I'm sure, you know, just like anywhere else, everybody got their own shit they dealing with. So I'm sure Jamaica dealing with their own thing too, but man, I had the people embrace it. Say, brother, you know, welcome here and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, man. So that first day, shit, <laughs> I was pretty much hooked. I was already in the mode of, you know, if I didn't have my family, it was no way in hell I was going to come back to the States. But, you know, we get over there and you get to talk to the particular dude we had driving for us and he was just telling us about how he wanted to get out of Jamaica and get to America and make money to provide for his family and I so much respect that but on the same note I'm kind of like man fuck I'm trying to get out of America and get over here to where you at so is that saying that one man's trash is another man's treasure ah, man I believe that shit full-heartedly full-heartedly because I can only imagine if that's like that. I mean, still got on my bucket list to hit Africa. Like, I really want to know where my people are and where they came from. Because as soon as we got off the plane here, getting back into the States, it was just like a gloom, like a dark cloud. You know, just number negativity, people in the airport mad, people driving like the crazy. And it's just like, fuck, man, you just left four days of peace. That's kind of like bro say, though. We, we took it as more of a, I'm going to be honest, more for me, more of a spiritual thing just to get out there and get clean. Yeah, it wasn't no partying and all that. I got all my friends telling me that she went out there and partying, trying to get my groove back here. My old lady think I was even out there partying with some damn women. And that's cool. I don't give two shits because I know why we went out there. Like I say, so focused now. Oh, my God. Yeah, shit crazy, man. But anyway, we ain't going to keep rapping on all of this shit. Like I say, we just rapping with y'all, man. Coming back from all, we on the road. Uh, driving from Orlando back to Savannah. Then to Atlanta. But yeah, just wanted to rap with folks. So I'm sure we'll be dropping some more shit, but don't know how the hell we're going to screw and chop this and get it all edited up. But yeah, we're going to do something, man. Cause, I, don't know. I feel a lot of people get out there and they talk about shit on their podcast and all of this kind of shit. But I, don't know, I think sometimes they're just doing it because that's just whatever. So, But before we get out of here, we're going to... Uh, as me and my brother did, we play a game and we'll play it till we ain't got nothing else and then we'll rap the people. So with that being said, bro, I'll say to you, Nicki Minaj or Cardi B? Cardi B. Mm. Okay, so Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, and then why? I saw, let me tell you why I say Cardi B. Okay. Because of her husband. Okay. I know that sounds fucked up. But I know something about her husband a lot of people don't know. Me and her husband got something in common. Like in common, and it takes a certain type of woman to be with a man that's been through that shit, and that's her husband, Offset. Well, I don't know the brother real name, but I know the story. So, Cardi B, Cardi B, hands down. All right, All right. Motorcycle or truck? What kind of truck are we talking about? Wait, wait, wait. We're talking like Peterbilt, Kenworth, or we talking like twenty five hundred HD, or what are we talking? Say, uh. Regular pickup. I'm definitely going with the truck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Steak pork chop. Hey. 
I don't eat fucking both, but I'm going to go with steak. Alright. Best moment of your life. Best moment of my life. Oh, shit, bro. Best moment of my life. Man. I think it was the day I met my mom. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was like... Make sure you speak on that, because I'm sure they're confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an adopted child. You know what I mean? Like, I was adopted, but I was adopted into my own family. I ain't meet my birth mother till I was 18 years old. Yeah, yeah, that was real shit. That shit ain't like it is with more Polish. That's a goddamn show. <laughs> shit. You believe that shit, Jack. Uh, so I would say hardest part of starting any of your business. The hardest part of doing any of them was the main one. The main one. The other ones were, were not bad as, as the first one. The hardest part is I started the business up against the wall. Like, I didn't know nothing about big finance. I didn't know, because you got to look at it. I went from making $20,000 a year to making 110, then 150, then 200 and shit like that. So I didn't know nothing about managing that type of money. Um, I didn't know all the paperwork. I didn't know all the paperwork side, and I still hate fucking paperwork. I didn't know about how to handle all the paperwork. Uh, shout out to my boy Eric Dunham for goddamn stepping in and helping me. That's a real motherfucker soldier there. I didn't know the rules. I didn't know how to structure anything. I just knew I had to feed my family and what nothing else working. So here we go with Prestigious Nights, the entertainment company. I love to get clean and I love to dance. And I feel like men have gotten away from that. So I decided to do it for myself because you want something done right, you do it your goddamn self. So I... uh. The hard part about that was I'm not popular. I don't know shit. I didn't know anything about marketing. So I went for everything that I knew, uh, hoping that it would jump. I'd make a, a hit record for first song. And boy, was I wrong, boy. Boy, was I wrong. This shit was worse than Cadillac Records. You know what I mean? With Life Behind the Beard, it just kind of started as a whim. And like, it, I, I, sh- like, it was just a recommendation from, you know, Latanya. And... I just kind of, you know, went with it. You know what I mean? I changed up what she was thinking, and I just kind of went with it. It was cool. You know what I mean? She was like, hey, you should start a YouTube channel. I ain't get no fucking YouTube. You know what I'm saying? She was like, you should call it like, because back then, I was still in the heavily in the motorcycles and cigars. So she was like, beer, cigars, and motorcycles. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to call it Life Behind the Beer. And that's how the shit came about. Then as shit progressed, I met some other good people, and they was with it. And I was just like, okay, I guess this is the way I need to be going, because shit just happening. Then me and bro, then bro came about, and bro was like, we're going to make it a business. I'm like, fuck you. We hustling. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck that. You know, it was a blessing. We made it a complete, like, licensed, structured, trademarked business. You know what I mean? But the biggest thing about the shit was not doing my homework and being up against the wall. It's a bad position when you got to create a business up against the wall because you don't know what the fuck it takes. That's going to be my next question, because if there's a cat out there right now that's thinking of starting his own business, but he has no motherfucking clue on what the first step would be, like, what would be some advice you could shoot his way? Two things. First, like, read. Go get books and read. And then go find people that's successful. Don't find people that's just doing it. Like, go find people that are really successful and seek to be of service to them. Seek to be of service to them because when you be- become of service to a person, that is a genuine thing saying, hey, 
I'm not asking for a handout, but I really need to learn this. So what can I do for you when it was time for me to start trucking and I got out of car hauling and got in the flatbed? I went and asked Eric if I could ride with him. And when he was doing his paperwork, I was strapping the load and, and tying the load down and, and learning these things, being of service. And that ultimately made me an ultimate fucking flat belt. But that's the two things I can say. Read, like read, watch videos, soak it in, and then find somebody that's successful at it and be of service to that person. And then go ahead and do it. And another thing, stack you some money up. The biggest thing, the worst thing you could do starting a business is going getting in a whole bunch of debt. Like going buying brand new shit, buying brand new this, brand new that, brand new this. No, 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 no. You can't start. No race starts at the finish line. No race starts at the finish line. And that's why I'm going to leave it like that. You take that shit. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. But take it from a motherfucker that know. So don't let me come back and say, well, man, the boys over life behind the beard told me. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. I'm going to tell you. I ain't going to lead your shit creep. Yeah, we've been laying up shit creep too many damn times, man. And I, I will say, you pretty much hit everything right on the head. I think my biggest thing is is a lot of people, you know, especially when they look at people that are successful, i.e. Jay-Z, uh, you know, let's say Michael Jordan, LeBron, just guys like that. And people will ask them, or people may have questions like, well, what did you do to get started? And this could be even for businessmen. What did you do to get started? I want to be like you. But people not remembering, like... <laughs> Jay-Z had like a zillion albums before he started blowing up. LeBron was, guy, I mean, you know, kind of different story. Came into the league, but he was a freak of nature. Like, nobody probably seen them late nights of shooting the ball to 1, 2 in the morning. Just stuff like that. And I think with businesses, a lot of people just want to know, how can I make money like you? Not how can I get to where you are. They didn't see the, you know, like you say, the long nights, sleeping on the truck floor, uh, bounce checks, and all of this kind of shit that kind of humbled you. And made you hungrier. They just see the outside of it. They don't see the two a days. Sometimes three a days. And all of that. So I think a lot of time with business, man, you just gotta, like I said, you gotta get out there and read. There's no overnight motherfucking key to success. It's just not. And if you do find it, you might wanna leave that shit alone, cause <laughs> she could be broke in due time. It's a hustle to all of this, man. I think it's a big time hustle. But it's like you say, man, if you read. And I know with me, especially when I'm dealing with homeless folks, and I try to help everybody, but boy, nothing makes me want to help a person more than a homeless person asking, hey, is there something I could do for a little bit of change instead of, hey, do you got spare change? Bitch, I've been alive 45 years, and I still don't know what the hell spare change is. But bitch, I need all my change. There ain't no damn spare change. But, you know, I have cats come up to me and say, hey, man, can I clean your truck tires real quick for a couple dollars or something? Man, 20 out of 20, I'm going to probably give it to him before he even get it to you because you're offering to be a servant. So you hit that shit right on the head where don't just ask people for stuff. Because the guy that went through hell and high water to get to where he is, most of the time don't want to share what the hell they went through because it's not, people don't want to know. People just want that fast buck. So it's like shit, you got to learn. I think a lot of people take that shit to heart. They just like, man, he an asshole. But the man just told you pretty much the keys that you need. You got to learn. Get out here and get it out the mud. So, that's just that. That's our two cents. I'm sure we'll be rapping on other shit, but, you know, just want to bring it to y'all a little bit, man. So, 
I hope everybody having a good night, good day, good morning. Uh, hey, we definitely going to rap. And, uh, brother, uh, anybody that might want to follow you and stuff, uh, whoa, 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 what would you tell me to catch you on? Hey, man, you know, I keep it all the way buck, you know. So um, you can catch me at Life Behind the Beard on Instagram or Facebook. Or you can shit. My name is Gary Carroll. I mean, for those that want to friend me on, on Facebook, I mean, I don't really respond to much on Facebook. But Instagram, Life Behind the Beard, and our other page that we run together is Life Behind the Beard 101. 101. Everybody call a whole or zero. Just holler at me. You know, we just some good brothers, man. You know what I mean? We, we just some good brothers, man. We on our way to something real great, man. To something real special, man. To something so significant that we're going to be able to bless a whole lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Because that's really all we're really trying to do, man. It just, it just touch a whole bunch of lives. Like, the money come with that. But we just trying to touch a bunch of lives, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we get up out of here, we're going to still be here. Hey, he pretty much hit that on the head, baby. Like you say, Light Behind the Beard 101 on Instagram. Uh, he's Light Behind the Beard on Instagram. I myself, I'm uh, retired guy underscore 38 uh, on Instagram. Be honest, I really don't pay too much attention to the Facebook either. But uh, nevertheless, I be Tyran, T Y R A N Cosby on Facebook. So uh, yeah, y'all get at us. Oh, shit. Y'all get at us. All right, later. Don't forget to subscribe to the Beer Talk with a Vet podcast by Tyran Cosby so you won't miss an episode. And visit lifebehindthebeard.co for your natural grooming needs.